After months of military buildup, threats, and failed diplomatic talks with European and American diplomats, Russian President Vladimir Putin has finally invaded Ukraine. On February 24, 2022, Russian forces invaded the country on all sides after preliminary missile strikes targeted key cities and infrastructure, including the capital city of Kiev. As of recording, Kiev is placed to fall in a couple of days, with Russian forces merely 20 miles away from the capital, with some saboteurs having already infiltrated the city. First of all, I must say that I admire President Zelensky's composure. He has to stay calm so as not to panic his people, but his collected and unified leadership, even in the face of imminent collapse, is still admirable. In particular, I really admire the videos he makes in which he's dressed in casual clothing with his entire administration besides him. That shows leadership even in the face of struggle. Now, there are concerns about World War III. We simply believe that will not happen. The sad truth is that Putin will seize an entire country and that, fortunately, there is nothing that any other country can do about it. Putin definitely anticipated very hard sanctions, however, when he planned the invasion. So we can assume that he has already decided that the benefits outweigh the drawbacks of those sanctions. But perhaps the thing that disgusted me the most was when Putin tried to justify the invasion with claims of the denazification of Ukraine, the same country that currently has a Jewish president. That was a completely below-the-belt accusation, even for a man like Putin. But nonetheless, this comment is a complete fabrication. This shows that Putin has stopped trying to even find a possible reason for his invasion of Ukraine. I wish the people of Ukraine great strength and resilience. The Ukrainian people have already put up substantial resistance to the Russian onslaught and have remained committed to their nation's independence in the face of senseless violence from the Russian aggressors. We at Gen Zero's Talk Politics condemn this invasion and call upon Vladimir Putin to stop putting the lives of millions of innocent people at risk. We can only hope that the post-Cold War liberal democratic order will prevail against all odds. But for now, Slava Ukraini. On to the show. Hello, I'm Joshua Groisberg, a history enthusiast. And I'm Jacob Friedman, founder of People's Big News. And this is Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This is where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. Since the whole world is on fire, we might as well take a crack at delivering some insightful analysis and maybe some comedy along the way. So we got two stories this week the Canadian truckers' convoy, and the San Francisco recall vote that successfully unseated three board members of San Francisco schools. So on January 28th, groups of Canadian truckers gathered in Ottawa, the Canadian capital, to protest the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And a lot of the protesters have been using their trucks to block off roadways in Ottawa. And in that enclosure, there are currently a lot of protesters So what Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has done is that he's invoked the Emergency Powers Act, which allows him to do a variety of things. First off, he's able to ban assembly in in certain public areas, um, that area where the protests are is included, which makes their protesting illegal. He's also able to freeze the assets of those involved. In terms of uh, the reception of these events here in the U.S., This has been taken advantage of by Fox News and right-wing media outlets in order to demonize the left or in order to betray them as tyrannical and imposing. Obviously, I wouldn't expect anything else from Fox News, which takes advantage of anything that demonizes vaccine mandates or anything of the like. But their hypocrisy is clearly visible. They had smeared BLM protests in 2020 as disruptive. But when truckers block roads of their trucks, they celebrate them and call out Trudeau for being tyrannical. I think it's worth mentioning, though, that a lot of what Trudeau is doing with the recently invoked emergency powers are simply not possible in the U.S. Um, For example, like I mentioned earlier, banning assembly in public areas in the U.S., that's simply unconstitutional. 
and also his ability to freeze the, the, the bank accounts of those involved. The US government only does that usually when the money in those accounts is believed to have been used for illegal purposes. So like I mentioned, it's, no, it's worth noting the differences. But what are your thoughts, Jacob, on this whole thing? Yes, this is a big thing by Trudeau, at least to us Americans. But a lot of these emergency powers are able to be revoked by parliament. Canadian parliament is able to vote to extend them. They actually have to, as accordance with um, you know Canadian law. And like I said, Joshua, this is taken by Fox News as this big you know uprising against tyranny, shutting down the bridge between Ontario and Michigan which is like one of the biggest trade routes in you know the world that you know shutting down Ottawa the capital city not letting any bystander civilians go through like that's that's disruptive that's not you know this protest but it's not like you know reasonable protest was going on for like a month and it's not only critical for Fox to say you know this is like the PM protest this is also like the chop chaz zone in Seattle where anarchists you know took over a city block for like a couple of days and you know declared a police free zone that's hypocrisy. I will also say that do these people have the right to gather in Ottawa to rally against vaccine mandates, even though they are kind of wrong? Yes, they, they should have the right. Do they deserve to get their fundraisers shut down on what's supposed to be the public square that is crowdfunding as Trudeau has been freezing assets and you know they've been forcing large payment processors to freeze uh, crowdfunding efforts to support them? No. No, because we still haven't really settled out law in the United States or in Canada or in the Western world, really, as to what should happen. But, you know, again, do they have the right to continually block the streets for weeks? No. And I also note, a lot of these organizers, a lot of these pages they've used are linked to disinformation campaigns in Bangladesh and Romania. This is like astroturfing. It's making the convoy seem bigger than it actually is. And it's also the point that a lot of these guys, they're, they're grifters. They're not even truckers. Most Canadians, most Canadian truckers are vaccinated. Canadian trucking groups spoke out against these guys. And most Canadians are fine with the COVID rules. Although, yes, you know, stuff like mask mandates as part of the COVID rules are a bit overextending now, now that we, you know, we're in Omicron, a mask is not, not as effective. But you don't see most Canadians, you don't see me taking my car and trying to block my city's mayor's office for weeks on end. You don't see me trying to shut down the government. I'm not, you know, I'm like Fox, I'm not calling for this convoy in Canada to spread to like the US and New Zealand in terms of their, you know, you know, influence. You know, it's just anarchy for the sake of, you know, anarchy. It's it's it's, it's yeah. political maneuvering just for what end? It's just power. There's no yeah, they don't for, really care. Yeah, and with regards to like, you know, the perspective on the pandemic as a result of this, like you mentioned, how mass mandates and, you know, are, are like less effective than, say, in 2020, now that we have the highly contagious Omicron variant, as we mentioned. I'm curious as to how perception of Trudeau and of these protesters will impact like policy on these like on these mask and vaccine mandates. Do you think like governors... He, even here in the U.S., or people worldwide are going to be a lot more inclined to remove them as a result. I mean, look, governors in the United States, independent of the convoy, independent of what's happening in Canada, have taken on a lot of their mass mandates. You know, Polis in Colorado, I think Baker just did in Massachusetts. Hoko, yep. And, you know, again, uh, yes, the convoy wasn't talking about mass mandates, we're talking about vaccine mandates, but, you know, the point still applies that there is reasonable debate about a lot of these issues. You know, not everyone who speaks against vaccine mandates is, you know, 
hates, you know, is anti-vaxxer. But these groups, you know, this is not the way to do it. Shutting down major trade, shutting down, you know, capital city, Arizona, that's not political discourse. That's not, you know, how civil society should act. That's just like political arson for the sake of power. I agree. But like, I do think it's very possible that Trudeau may have gone up too far by invoking the Emergency Powers Act. I mean, the protests have, for the most part, been peaceful. Obviously, there are those protesters that are blocking roads with their trucks, and they should, and they do deserve legal attention. But protests, for the most part, have been peaceful. So I think, you know, the very large police crackdown being used by Trudeau. Yes, it does. Some some of the video does look disturbing, but you know, it's not like it's not like they're being killed. It's not like you know, there was a whole uh, Ted Cruz sent out like a. It sent out like a video of uh, protesters supposedly being trampled to death by police horses. And that was determined to be fake. That was like, you know, by everyone involved, that was turned to be, you know, misinformation. And, you know, he deleted it. But yes, it is hard to decipher what's going on. And yes, there is, you know, legitimate, you know, discourse about debate, public debates, but, you know, but, you know, uh, COVID restrictions and whatnot. But, you know, at the end of the day, these people are wrong for walking Ottawa for, a month. These people are wrong for blocking the bridges for a month. And I know that's that. Our next story uh, is about the San Francisco school board recall. So on February 15th, San Francisco voters recalled three members of the San Francisco school board. And those specific members were targeted for recall because they had served long enough to be eligible for recall. And this was San Francisco's first recall election since 1983. And voters heavily approved with each member getting, you know, a recall vote over 70%. Um, so what are your thoughts on this, Jacob? The typical things are going on, you know, Republicans and Fox News say it's against woke culture and COVID measures and and progressives are saying this is all out of portion. It's, you know, all local. It's not indicative of the midterms. But let's be clear. London Breed, the Democratic mayor there, was for the recall. And Bill Barr and Charlie Sykes, liberal and conservative, they were right that, you know, the school board, you know, trying to rename schools named after Labor Abraham Lincoln and, you know, not reopening schools fast enough, even compared to Massachusetts. And and there was a story about uh, anti-Asian racism by one of the board members that were recalled. That is having an effect on national politics. That is having an effect on the people who aren't paying attention to national politics, but are like very hyper-focused on you know, just right in front of them, kitchen table, kitchen table issues. You know, unfortunately, cultural issues are unfortunately kitchen table issues. But, you know, it's still what the battles in local counties being fought over. And they are right yeah. at, you know, it is right to pay attention to it. But unless I keep saying, you know, this, you know, midterms should be about January 6th. It should be about the fate of democracy. It should be about the Republican Party not trying to govern. And most citizens don't vote on that. Most people do not think like that. They think like, yeah, okay, they, what's, they right don't. And I, what's inflation? I, yeah, and I, I just want to support your argument there by quoting Siva Raj, um, a San Francisco parent who actually helped initiate the recall. Um, this parent said on CNN, the house was on fire and they were busy changing the name of the door, which means uh, just to, you know, read into that, that, um, uh, that, you know, the pandemic was raging and rather than focusing on opening schools and making sure kids could go to school safely. They were busy changing names above schools in ways that you had mentioned earlier, like uh, changing schools named after Abraham Lincoln and as such. Uh, I definitely agree with you that voters, you know, I think it's less of a political issue and more of an issue of incompetence. And I think that's why San Francisco voters voted overwhelmingly, you know, mayor included, to uh, recall those members. Let's give progressives the benefit of the doubt here. 35% turnout was what the recall election had. 
in one of the most liberal cities in America. And that is pathetic, honestly. What's happening now across school districts across the country is that the parents who are angry about CRT, angry about, you know, the lies of, you know, COVID, angry about, you know, all these issues that we know are, you know, phantom issues are not that apocalyptic. They're still the ones voting. And given that Americans don't turn off local elections, the people who actually know what they're talking about, or at least aren't just a- animated by you know, Fox News propaganda, they're not voting and they're not fighting back against this. So progressives, if you're right and that most of this is just smoke and mirrors, turn out college kids I'm living with right now in college, you and I, Joshua, in college, you guys are supposed to be like the most animated generation for progressive values, for progressive issues. Where are you? You were supposed to bring Bernie to the nomination. You were supposed to, you know, bring forward progressive change. But, you know, you're not going to do it when, you're turn- when you don't turn out and when 35% turnout in most liberal cities in the country are voting to recall progressives. What else does this mean to say? If you don't want Speaker McCarthy or Jordan and you don't want Majority Leader McConnell and you don't want 47th President Donald John Trump in 2025, get out and vote. College kids, you know, again, not too late to register. If you haven't registered, if your family hasn't registered, if your friends haven't registered, a link will be in the description of this episode at vote.org. Yeah, I agree. And I just want to say that in terms of possible political implications for 2022 and 2024, like you had mentioned, you know, I'm not entirely sure what the impacts of this would be, because the issues that determined the recall were very local in the sense that the board was just perceived to be incompetent. It was a result of what the board was doing, not of like a larger issue. But I do think that in terms of actual impact, turnout is important. Progressives tend not to turn out, you know, case in point, what happened here. So I feel like Democrats have to focus on turnout. They've had this problem for many election cycles, and they have to change that if they want a chance at maintaining their majorities. And that concludes this episode of Gen Zero's Talk Politics. Be sure to join our Discord server, follow us on Instagram at Gen Zero's Talk Politics, and on Twitter at Gen Zero's Talk Poly with an I, and add our email us to ask your burning questions. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.